Hello, and welcome to the Find Creative Expression Podcast, conversations about art and creativity. I'm your host, Sarah Crawford, author, playwright, musician, basically obsessed with art. You can find more information at findcreativeexpression.com. Let's get rolling. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 29 of the Find Creative Expression podcast. Coming up, I've got an interview with reggae musician Cortez Pascal. Cortez is super talented, and his music is all about positive vibes and, you know, just appreciating life. Or at least that's what I get from it. Anyway, so, you know, we're gonna get a little mellow this episode little little chill. So Cortez has a song with Eclectic Roots Ensemble called Keep It Positive that I actually sang backup for and I legit listen to it when I need to keep it positive in my own life. So anyway, you definitely want to stay tuned for that. So I am doing NaNoWriMo or National Novel Writing Month which is a writing challenge where you try to write 50,000 words in 30 days in November. So currently I have a little less than 9,000 words. So I've already fallen a bit behind. I didn't write yesterday. I didn't really write today. But, you know, I'll get back on track. I've done NaNoWriMo before, and what I love about it is that it forces you to just keep going, like just keep writing. Like you can't take 30 minutes to research something. You just have to come up with a placeholder name and move on. Or you can't take an overly long time figuring out what someone's name is going to be or, you know, how you're going to word things. Like you can't, you can't take time to worry about any of that. You just have to keep writing, keep going, keep the plot moving, and you can fix all of that later. So when I do a first draft like this, it really does end up being a lot of placeholders. But you know, it's kind of funny because I'll literally write things like, describe this person's appearance here. (laughs) Or I don't know how to transition out of this scene, so I'm just going to move on to the next one. So I don't know that I'm going to do the 50,000 words. Really, my main goal for November is to finish the first draft of my novel, which is called Finding Balance. That's the adult novel I'm working on about a 30-something Broadway dancer who loses her balance due to SCA or spinocerebellar ataxia, which is something I have as well. And... She has to move back in with her parents in Atlanta. I'm finding parts of it really therapeutic to write because it's not something a lot of people understand. Like you stumble around and people laugh at you because they think you're just clumsy or drunk. And it's like, no, there's actually a reason I'm stumbling around. I actually just got back from going down to Florida to get together with some of my friends But I did my writing every day when I was out of town. I think, you know, I think all my friends just expect me to be writing all the time. And I find being in a different place really helps me to write. 
Anyway, I've now had like three beach trips in the past three months. It's just going on trips way more than I usually do. But, you know, it was really fun. And I think it was really good for me. And every trip had kind of like a different vibe. As far as what I've been into lately, okay. So earlier this week, Beach House announced a new album called Once Twice Melody. And they're releasing tracks for it in four chapters. So the first installment came out Wednesday at midnight. There are only four tracks in this first installment, but y'all, they are so good. Okay, Beach House is probably my favorite band right now. I'm totally obsessed with them. I've seen them live four times. One year, me and my little brother drove to Asheville to see them because their Atlanta show that year was sold out before we could get tickets. So anyway, their last album was in 2018, so I've been waiting for them to release something ever since. I have a YouTube video I made about my favorite Beach House songs. Now, I made this in 2015, so it was my favorite songs up until that point. But I'll link to this one on findcreativeexpression.com because it's one of my favorite videos that I have made. As I say in the video, Beach House is the perfect combination of mellow and emotional. Or melotional, if you will. And I feel like if there was a soundtrack to my life, there would be a lot of Beach House on it. But this got me thinking, you know, when people ask me what my favorite bands are, I usually say Smashing Pumpkins, Radiohead, and Morrissey slash The Smiths. And it's true those bands are a huge part of it. I have tattoos about all three of them. But you know, I rarely actually listen to them anymore. I mean, I listened to the Smashing Pumpkins nonstop when I was a teenager. And Radiohead was what I listened to a great deal in my early 20s. I do still listen to Morrissey and the Smiths a bit, but not as much as I used to. So the next time someone asks me what my favorite band is, I'm definitely going to say Beach House. I'm a person who gets obsessive about things. Music I really love, movies, TV shows, books. And when someone asks me about my favorites, a part of me feels like I need to name everything I've been obsessed with because I don't want to leave any out. And it would partially feel wrong to say, I like Beach House more than Radiohead. And I would never really compare artists that way anyway. But if you look at my life now, it's a lot more Beach House and a lot less Radiohead these days. So I think it's okay for our favorites to shift and change and evolve. You don't have to be stuck on the things you loved as a teen or in your 20s. All right, well, let's keep it rolling. Let's keep it positive. Let's get into the interview. Hey, everyone. I am here with Cortez Pascal. Cortez Pascal is a singer, a songwriter, and a musician. In 2001, he founded the band Eclectic Roots Ensemble, and he has been a producer for Boom One Records since 2012. With a focus on reggae, dub, electronica, and international roots music, he creates uplifting and positive songs that are meant to inspire. Welcome, Cortez. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. 
Yeah, thanks for joining me for episode 29 of the Find Creative Expression podcast. Right on. Uh, okay, so so how did you get into playing music? How did I get into playing music? Well, I should say that I was one of those annoying kids when he was really small, banging on pots and pans, <laughs> you know, freaking his mother out. <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of always gravitated towards music of some kind. Yeah. I mean, music or art of any sort, you know, I, I really, really was known uh, in my younger years as a, as an artist, mm-hmm. um, a visual artist, that is, you know, um, I did a lot of drawing, a lot of pen and ink. Oh, cool. I really thought at one point in time that I was going to grow up and, and um, be an artist for Marvel comics or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. So, so like, what was the first instrument you learned? Was it like guitar or keys? It was the drums, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, it's 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 it was my first, and it's my one biggest frustration because I've never owned a drum set, so I never stay practiced. <laughs> it's one of those things where I could play, but I I you know I get tired after a while just because I don't stay in practice, you know. Yeah, that's I mean that's understandable. You know, the drums are not not. An incredibly like portable instrument all the time. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, okay. In 2001, you founded Eclectic Roots Ensemble and you're still releasing music and performing. So how has the group changed and evolved in that time? Oh, it's changed so much. <laughs> it, it changed so much, you know. Um, at, at first, it, it became an offshoot of a band that I was in in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the guys came with me down when I moved back into Georgia. Um, yeah, we were playing around the Asheville, like West Carolina area, you know, lots, oh, of, cool. reggae, yeah. lots of reggae up there, you know, mm-hmm. you know, the, the hippies, they dig it, you know, <laughs> they of dig course. it, man. They dig it, man. But, uh, after a while, you know, those guys went on and, and did their own band, which, you know, which I guess we can talk about later because they started their own record label and they're doing the damn thing right now themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, 2001, the band kind of splintered a bit. And then I met David Canis. He was, he was, a uh, the best damn blues guitar player I've ever known mm-hmm. who wasn't even old enough to drink yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, he joined up and then, you know, I had other members like Dennis Isaacs uh, on vocals and got lots of other names. But those were like those are two mainstays for like the next like five, six years. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's changed so much. I mean, me and Dave got this joke that we're like the reggae Santana because like, members, <laughs> keep, members keep coming and going. But like we just kind of keep going under that banner of ERE, as we like to be called, you know, the shortened of uh eclectic roots ensemble you know yeah 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 i mean that's that's cool that that it's been a group in existence for 20 years i mean that that's that's an accomplishment yeah and and almost doesn't matter like who comes in or who joins or who who is kind of like part-time and comes in sometimes just to swing it with us you know yeah because the idea of the name eclectic roots ensemble is that it's a reggae band but there are so many different influences that that are in in it you know it's like Mm -hmm. you know there's the blues there's there's jazz there's soul there's pop there's folk you know all all kinds of things that just kind of come and go in in an ebb and flow motion you know yeah that's cool yeah i can i can hear uh a lot of different 
influences in in your music that song that you came in uh and you did some vocals uh on is that, that was that was like my first true reggae jazz tune oh really <laughs> yeah and, and that started with a horn line and a bass line that i called bass Ackerts because it would have been something else other than a bass line but i made it a bass line so anyway <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. awesome so so tell us about one of your favorite performances with ERE. Oh, uh, that's easy. Um, we did two years in Charleston, South Carolina. They used to have this thing called the Reggae Summer Series. And, you know, over the summer months, they would host whatever, four reggae bands over the months of uh, summer. Is that four, four months? I can't remember, three months, four months, whatever. <laughs> But we went there in 2008 and we went back in 2009 and we were known as the biggest drawers for that. Like n- nobody drew more people than we oh, did. Oh, wow, cool. And, and it wasn't like a festival sort of thing. So the 1800 people we had in 2008, you know, that was the biggest that year. And the next year. We oh, had wow. Like, yeah. The next year we had like 1950. So for me to tell you, that was like the closest I've ever been to like floating in the air while playing. <laughs> It's, yeah. a whole, it's a whole different thing to play in front of people who like they, they came to hear some reggae and they came to feel it and they came to feel us because they came back in force. So, right, I mean, right. yeah, it was magical that night. It's like I, I, I wasn't even playing it. it was, you know, the vibration was playing me. Right, right. I liked it. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I feel like there is something about a reggae show that's like just different from other shows like everybody's just into it and dancing and it's just like good vibes all around at the reggae show <laughs> yeah well you know it's funny you say that because i was on instagram the other day and i love like looking for a cool meme to kind of make it through my day or whatever and if mm-hmm. it's really cool i might reshare it or something but there is one i've just been resharing like in in force because it's it's something that I've always noticed is that there is no racism in a reggae show. Uh, people, yeah. people of all nationalities, ages, and all this stuff are at a reggae show just swaying to the rhythms, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, I don't know what it is. It, you know, the guy gets up and he sings his song or she sings her song and tells that story. Right. And, and everybody feels uplifted afterwards, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's it almost like transcends, you know, race or gender, like just the music and and it just it kind of brings everybody together, you know. Yeah, I've I've met some beautiful people through my years of trying to pursue this music genre, whatever you want to call it, lifelong friends, you know. Yeah, it's 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 just it's it's been all love, you know. Right, right. So, so a big theme in a lot of your songs is positivity and remaining upbeat, you know, even in the face of challenges or obstacles. Your song, Keep It Positive, is <laughs> totally on my like happy playlist. Like, is that because you sang on it? <laughs> I mean, that okay, I am in Are you the biased? backing vocals, but even if I didn't sing on yeah. it, I, I would like. I just love it. It just makes me it makes me feel positive. <laughs> so so I wanted to ask you yes. like what it is that helps you to keep it positive. Well, it's like this. <laughs> um, when I sit down and I feel a melody in my head 
or some words in my head or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's usually because I, I like I'm in a certain mood. And if I'm in a bad mood, it's like it, um, it becomes like my way of getting it off my chest mm-hmm. or just a just to vocalize like something that I'm going through that maybe could help somebody else. Right. You know, the lyrics to I keep it positive, like, you know, I don't know the first, the first, you know, couple lines of this, you know, though they've always tried to keep me down, Jah or the Lord knows that I will always be around. And though they carry malice in their heart, I will carry love from the start. I yeah. keep it positive, you know? So, yeah. yeah I know. I love it. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, it, 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 you know, it, it, it becomes like a diary. Mm-hmm. Um, it becomes it becomes a way of like letting off steam. Yeah. It, it becomes a way of having a laugh if I'm feeling that way, too. Yeah. <laughs> and ho- hopefully butts will wiggle a little bit, too, you know, so. <laughs> That's awesome. So in 2012, you became a producer for Boom One Records. So how did that come about? Boom One Records was started by Justin Butler and... Pete Brown, ex-members of ERE, like the first members of it with me. They, they were back in North Carolina and they had their own band called Hope Massive. And Justin and Pete decided they were going to start a label so they could like, you know, release music, their own music and sign other people. I was one of the first people they signed. Right. So, so yeah, you know, I, I, I produced my, my album for them. It was called um, uh, Feeling It back in 2012. Mm-hmm. my second release and um i and i brought a couple people you know I, I made you know a couple other people uh available to the label as well you know yeah yeah i love producing it's actually probably my my my, my gift if anything you know so so what's your favorite thing about being a producer ah uh, it, it, it's you know the older i get the less chance i have of getting on mtv that's my joke <laughs> <laughs> So it's like anything I can do to help a younger musician or or someone else who 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 doesn't have s- certain faculties that I have because you know I, I can hear somebody playing a song with just an acoustic guitar and I can hear a whole arrangement I can hear strings and horns and everything yeah it's 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 very rewarding to help somebody else um, flesh out their idea and and to see it come to fruition as it does you know I know what you mean I because I, I used to teach creative writing classes and yeah it's just it's kind of like when you're able to like pass on you know knowledge and and be helpful to like a young artist or someone who's kind of just finding their voice it just it it makes makes me feel good yeah for real that's that's real talk like you know and 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 people like Quincy Jones and George Martin like I worship those guys it's like you know that the they would stand back while, you know, Michael Jackson or, or Lennon and McCartney are, are, are fleshing something out. And he's like, well, what do you think about doing it like this? You know, I, I love the possibilities in a, in a production sit down. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, they have this song and it's like it's, it's pretty damn well done. But like, you know, me being able to put that extra little cherry on top is just so rewarding to me and always has been you know? Yeah. So, so have you learned anything as a producer that's helped you as a musician or vice versa? Uh, When it comes to production, it's like, okay, I've had bands that were like four pieces and I've had bands that were as much as 12 people on stage with me. Oh, wow. Uh, Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's great. And a lot of times, like what I found out in production and things is that sometimes less is more, actually most times less is more. 
Mm-hmm. You, you'll get you'll get into the studio and you can layer and track and you know overdub this that and the other and next thing you know it's like you you you've used up all of 24 tracks already but i found like when you whittle it down it's like you know i i've learned to cut a song to its essence and that's probably the best version and, and the best presentation of that song or that movement you know right right it's like it, you don't don't let you know all your tricks and doohickey whistles and stuff get in the way of a good song when yeah it only, yeah when it, only, when it only needs a guitar a drum set uh bass and you know a couple keyboards or something you know yeah yeah sometimes when when a song is like kind of stripped down like that you can kind of hear it better it's like what um what was it michelangelo said yeah i think it was michelangelo he was just like yeah the sculpture was always there i just had to get excess clay out of the way right exactly so so what's your songwriting process like like do you start with lyrics or melody or does it kind of change um it kind of depends i mean one of my favorite things to do, and I never would have heard myself saying this when I was a, a teenager or something, is that I love to go and cut grass because like, <laughs> if, if I feel stuck on an idea or don't have any ideas or I'm thinking too much about like the nine to five, you know, to and mm-hmm. from A to B world or whatever, it always opens up my creative mind. I've came up with my best lyrics, my best melodies by cutting grass. <laughs> um, yeah, sometimes I think finding kind of a a task like that that you don't really have to like think about it kind of frees up your brain for just creativity and and yeah it kind of just gives it an opportunity yeah absolutely like i i've seen things where i've seen bumper stickers and started songs off of them uh there there was a movement i remember 15 20 years ago it was an organization and they were giving out these stickers and it, one of them was called um all the arms that we need <laughs> <laughs> and i wrote a whole song about it and so like i i donated it to one of their rallies and stuff so <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know long story short it's like there's no real process sometimes i'll come up with a melody sometimes i'll have some chords that i think are cool i'll hum out and hum out the melody or whatever and words won't mm-hmm. come for years like i literally polished a song off the other day that i've had since about 2000 no 1999 yeah oh wow <laughs> yeah yeah so so it's it's always kind of kind of different depending it's always, on the song it's always different it's always different yeah yeah i, I mean to, that's that's cool yeah i try to come as original as possible and it's like you know if it doesn't move me it's like i'll put it on the shelf and Maybe I'll have just a, a chorus or or a verse. I don't even know what it is. And I'll have it just for years or weeks or whatever. And, and then I'll come back to it and maybe I'll polish it off and maybe I won't. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the process, it, it, you know, it's just exciting just to get into it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so who are some of your biggest musical influences? Well, believe it or not, like my favorite music that I love listening to is the blues, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love B.B. King. That's through my mom. Uh, I love B.B. King. B.B. King, Muddy Waters, Howlin' Wolf, um, Buddy Guy. Buddy Guy. Yes. Buddy yes. Guy. I yeah. love Buddy Guy. <laughs> Memphis Slim, Elmore James, all that stuff. You know, yeah, I know yeah. you know, there was something really honest about the stuff they were saying. They were just doing it with three chords. That's, you know, you know, they, you know, people always say, you know, three chords and a story is all you need. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that helped me to discover like and really appreciate Johnny Cash in the same way. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I always like to point out to people who don't understand reggae. It's like, well, 
think of Johnny Cash. If Johnny Cash was born in the islands or something, and that's <laughs> that's pretty much your reggae. And if you're actually listening to his earliest recordings and stuff, you can hear the accents he's hitting on his guitar because, like, you know, he's kind of banging on it and muting it and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that became a reggae accent, right? Just more pronounced. What was? Oh, that's island- cool. I didn't really, I didn't like put that together in my brain. <laughs> well, I mean, you listen to like, um, what is it, um? Walk the line. I mean, the whole time he's going boom, chicka, boom, chicka, boom. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I haven't really thought about that. Yeah. Well, you know, think about next time you put on Johnny. Yeah, yeah. So so when are we going to hear the reggae cover of like Walk the Line? Oh, that's coming out next week. Really? No, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I got excited for a minute. (laughs) I got jokes. I got jokes. So what's what's the best advice you've been given as a musician? Just play music, whether or not you're playing in front of 20,000 people or 20 people at the open mic on Wednesdays or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or if you're just sitting there, you know, letting off some steam at the old family piano in the living room, just play. That's that's it. Just play. It's, yeah. a, God, it's a God-given talent and you should just do that. That's, that's cool. Advice. I like it. Okay. So, so for reggae musicians who are like just starting out or trying to even get into reggae, what, like, what would you say to those people? Just do it, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know how to say it other than that. I mean, just go with what you love, do what you love, do what you do, you know, mm-hmm. don't, don't listen to what people say. You know, sometimes, you know, I used to get kind of downhearted a bit because, you know, I am from Atlanta, Georgia, but I have played all up and down the East Coast and things, you know, all down through Florida and everything, you know, and sometimes, you know, we'll pick up a gig at, you know, your local bar and grill or something and you're sitting there, you're playing and people, you know, they're appreciative, but, you know, that's not their number one music or whatever. Right. And they don't really kind of get into it as much as maybe you'd hope. Yeah. But just do it. Just do it. It's what you do, you know, put yourself out there. Just do what you do. It will take care of itself. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. So uh, what are you working on right now? I am working on finishing four singles that we're going to release next year off of our website. Oh, cool. um, yeah, I've recorded about eight songs over the last uh, six months. Uh, they're all in different like places of completion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got two damn near completed. That I'm really, really excited about because they flowed really smooth and everything just came together in just such a way. It was like, you know, I listened to them and they kind of gave me goosebumps. So I think I'm on to something, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to hear it. Yeah. I'm excited for you, you to hear it as well and everybody else, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. So uh, so what books or TV shows or music, movies, et cetera, are you really into right now? It's funny because earlier I was watching uh, Agent Carter, the Marvel show from ABC from a few years back and only had like two seasons, but I'm a real comic book nerd, as I told you from before. Yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't watch that show before, but for some reason it hit me today. And uh, <laughs> I was really digging that today. It put a smile <laughs> on my face. That's cool. You know, whatever puts a smile on your face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm, what are you listening to lately? Oh, there's a there's a band, a jazz group of three young kids. They're called Moonchild. And they've been blowing my mind for the last year. Like I discovered them during the, the first round of the COVID lockdown. I saw them on the NPR uh, tiny desk 
Mm-hmm. And it just blew my mind because it was like, wow, what? And, you know, I've gone back and I've listened to everything they've done on my Spotify and I've liked everything they've done. There, there's just no filler anywhere in there. Oh, wow. Moonchild. Moonchild. Okay. Yeah, that's that's cool. I haven't heard of them. I'll have to. Yeah, to it, it, it's it's really jazzy, really kind of, you know, down tempo, like R&B ish, you know, I don't know how right. to explain it. They're just damn good is all I know. Yeah, no, I'll definitely check that out for sure. Yeah, yeah. So well, I have a question that I, I ask have, everyone on the podcast. I have an answer, hopefully. <laughs> it's kind of a big question. Uh, why do you think art is important? Without art, everything is too black and white. Mm-hmm. With art, there's color. There's vibrance. There's air. There's just, it's just so much more. It's, it's, it's happiness. It's joy. It's sadness, it's grief, it's goofiness, it's it's everything. It's everything. And, you know, if, if it wasn't for art, we would all just go to work from nine to five and just hate ourselves. But I think art is love. So that's that's my two cents. Yeah. No, that's 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 a great answer to that. Art is love. I don't think anyone said that on the podcast, but that's 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 how I feel too, you know. I feel like art is is how we express love and how we can receive love. And just... that might be considered a, like a hippie answer, but I, <laughs> I I don't consider it that at all. I I consider that to be a truth. And and honestly, it's like, you know, I, I've I've you asked me about my songwriting early and what gets me into it. It's like you know, it, it becomes a, a mantra. It becomes like a way of letting off steam. It's like a diary. If I'm in a if I'm in a rut you know, I can pick up my acoustic guitar or whatever and strum that pain out. And then I'm, I feel better. Right. Yeah. No, I I like that. That's, that's really cool. And I mean, I I don't think it's a hippie answer. Like you said, I mean, it's, it's art is like grief and sadness and, and joy and, uh, you know, everything all at once. So yeah. Yeah. Where can people find you and your work? My website is www.eclecticroots.com ensemble.com um there there are music clips on there there's a video or two on there there's a mailing list so we can let you know about future endeavors that we're getting into mm-hmm. and all that uh you can find us on instagram facebook and uh we are opening up a twitter and a snapchat and a tiktok here very soon <laughs> Awesome. Uh, and I'll link to all of that on findcreativeexpression.com as well. So you can yes. check it out there. Yes. Okay. Well, thanks, Cortez. That was great. Thanks for having me, Sarah. It's been a pleasure. I had such a great time talking to Cortez, and I hope that you all enjoyed it as well. Oh, in case you want to check out the Keep It Positive song, I keep mentioning over and over, I'm going to link to it on findcreativeexpression.com. So definitely check that out. It's also on Spotify. So if you're listening to this on Spotify, you can just type in the search, keep it positive, and you should find it. Coming up on episode 30, I'm going to be talking to musician Sean Pasley. Sean is from the band Nobody's Darlings, and... They have been playing since 2009, so I'm excited to talk to him. Definitely tune in for that. 
Thanks so much for listening, and I will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Find Creative Expression podcast. Please leave the podcast a review on your favorite podcast platform so that other people can find us as well. Thanks so much for supporting the podcast, supporting indie artists, and I'll see you in two weeks for the next episode.